Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's getting towards the end, but still has time for some special guests. I'm Alex. When you walk through the darkness for as long as we have, it's important to figure out the people who keep the lights on. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And our special guest is cleverly teased by me earlier on is Tara Defoe. Tara, welcome. Hi, thank you guys. So excited uh, to be here. Oh my gosh, yeah. so excited to talk to you. Now, Tara, most immediately is probably best known as the director of the penultimate episode of Riverdale, Season 7, Episode wow. 19, The Golden Age of Television. Big responsibility to there, but you've had a huge responsibility over the course of multiple seasons at this point as the script supervisor, um, also kind of in charge of continuity since 2017, I believe. Uh, now, <laughs> quick question here to start off, uh, since you do script continuity on Riverdale, are you okay? Are you, are you, are you doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we made it. we made it through six seasons, so... I survived, guys. <laughs> I imagine you like a beautiful minding all the information. There's so much happening at once. It must be wildly difficult. Could you tell us about yeah. like a script supervisor, what the title is, and then sort of how you do it on this show? Because I feel like people in your position often have their own systems for doing it. 
I think so. Yeah, every show is different. So script supervisor, as I describe it, is the director's right hand. Essentially, we are the direct line of communication between the director and the editor. So anything that the director wants the editor to know, I will relay. We make sure that the director covers the script. So if there's a moment that Archie's supposed to look at Betty and we're chasing the clock, I go, hey, we got to get that moment. Don't forget to get that moment. You know, we're reminding them constantly. This is in the script. We have to get it. And then, yeah, we send that to the editor. Favorite takes. This line was, you know, fumbled. Don't use this take, whatever. And then we also are in charge of actor action. So anytime uh, if Archie picks up the red cup and takes a sip on X line, I'm constantly reminding KJ, you took a sip on this line. Take a sip on that line. Take a sip on that line. (laughs) And then the words, the precious words, you know, Roberto is, he's a genius and he's a playwright and he loves the words. And so I'm reminding them all the time. This is the line. This is what has to be said. And and so that's that's kind of the general overview of the script supervisor. Now, are you dealing with the general continuity as well? Like, are you, you're obviously doing inside the episode, but are you doing between multiple episodes at the same time? Yeah. So yeah, we, in the first few seasons before COVID, I alternated with another script supervisor. So we kind of had a running document of like what was going on in the bigger world of continuity. Like, you know, should Archie still have a scar or whatever, that Mm kind of stuff. We were always trying to track together Uh, As far as on set stuff, we're only in charge of actor action. So like if set deck decides they're going to change a photo on the wall, we're not like looking back at past photos and saying like last episode, she didn't have that photo or, you know, like that is just would be way too much for one person. So that's, you know, set deck's job and, and props has their thing and hair makeup has their things. And we kind of work together, but anything an actor touches, moves, takes an article of clothing off, we're there for the actor and then the overall story, we just try to help the writers, the directors, and the other script supervisor to keep track of the whole universe. Okay, so it's it's not your responsibility that, say, FP was 48, 50, and 52 all at the same time? We we bring these <laughs> wow. things up as we track them, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's decided by someone much higher than me if it's okay, <laughs> and... And and we just do our best in those instances. But yeah, I know those things have happened. I, I got to say, I love them. Like, legitimately, I feel like yeah. they are a feature of the show, not a bug. The fact that it is this yeah. place out of time. So all joking, I think I think it's great. Pete, you were going to ask a and question? And I think it happens yeah. all oh, the sorry. time. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, it happens yeah. on all shows. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so we just follow the trend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> We, we love Riverdale. We also love how fast-paced and, and insane it is. Seeing these scripts before they kind of the magic happens, what is your favorite moment or like, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that? Like, was it maybe when he was attacked by a bear, the floating babies, you know, Mothman? Some suggestions, like, what was your, Some suggestions for your answer. Yeah, like what was your like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is my job moment or one of your favorites from the show? It's funny, like everyone has one of these and we talk about them on set all the time. And like, we <laughs> listen to your guys' podcast on set as well sometimes. Oh my, oh my God. Oh, wow. Thank you. Which is fun because you guys end up saying things that we've talked about in prep. Like, wait, <laughs> you know, this this one, you know, whatever. And so we're having these things. But one thing for me that was a huge moment where I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And it's so small and no one ever thinks of it is when Betty disarmed the bomb with her bobby pin oh yeah (laughs) i always come back to that i'm like this is one of the craziest things we've done but it's actually not 
but it mm-hmm. always stuck out as we're shooting. I'm like, wait, this high school student has just like pushed <laughs> past all these FBI agents. It's like, I got it. You know? And I'm like, Oh my God, what are we doing? But yeah, makes me laugh. That's it's awesome. so funny. I feel like that's all of our experience watching Riverdale. Every fan where you pop your head out into real reality for a second. You're like, wait, FBI? <laughs> yeah. And those moments are, you know, most shows when you like sort of come out of it, it's like, oh, we want you to stay in it. I think it, it like Alex saying, it's such a feature in Riverdale to pop up and be like, this is as crazy as we'd say it is. Yeah, and we can laugh about it. And so can Roberto. Like, he's, we're all doing the same thing, but we enjoy it. it just the same. Like, we watch the episodes every week at work because we get it every week in Canada on Netflix. So we'll shoot it, it'll air, and then we'll watch it all together on set. And I'm like, oh, wait, we shot uh, that. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Well, speaking of which, you over the seasons have moved from script, su- script supervisor, excuse me, to occasionally directing. You directed two episodes last season, Death of the Funeral and Blue Collar. And as we mentioned, you got the responsibility of directing the penultimate episode here. Uh, what was yeah. that experience like what did, when you found out you're going to be doing the second to last episode? That was wild because I wasn't actually supposed to do it. I was supposed to do 18. That was the... Because Roberto, as you know, directed the finale. Mm-hmm. And I was always meant to be with him, to support him for the finale. And I wanted to be with him. Like, we've gone through this journey together for six seasons. So they were like, hey, you got to do 18 so you can be back for 20. But then out of nowhere, we had cast availability stuff. The order switched. And they're like, you're doing the penultimate. And I was wow. like, oh, shit. But then when I read <laughs> 18 and I read 19... I was like, it was meant to be like 19, as you guys know, is so emotional. And oh my yeah. God. Is it? It just reading it for the first time I was in tears and I was like, this is the episode I was meant to direct. I've been with these oh. kids for so long. It means so much to them. It means so much to me to not have a guest doing it and to be able to have these moments with them and go through the emotions with them. Like authentically felt really, really, really special that's so because i feel like watching it you feel the care that is taken with it's such a like i'm making this up but like a gentle (laughs) eye on the the characters for as like getting to that episode and it also feels like and it i guess this is a just a straight up compliment it looks way better than episodes before was there more money more sets did you have more time like that episode is beautifully made um, I listened to your guys' review on the episode and I was in tears because that is a huge compliment. And no, we didn't have more time. We had less time. Uh, no, uh, wow. that's unbelievable. It feels yeah. so like meticulously made in a show that feels like it's always up against the clock uh, because yeah. of the nature of this, uh, the vast, like the <clears throat> what you bite off each episode is so big in Riverdale. But this episode feels like it really had more. I don't know. I mean, that's even more amazing that you had less. Thank you. Yeah. We, I mean, I won't, I shouldn't say less. I had the normal, but we had been getting to this point where we were shooting things in like 10 days with a couple of splinter units. And I actually just shot in nine days mm. minus two scenes, <laughs> you know? So, and, but it was, you know, it was tight. Like I could tell you for, we could talk for hours about, you know, the, the, I'll tell you quickly, the scene in the auditorium where they watched all their memories. Oh yeah. The Weatherby, the Weatherby speech and Jughead and Tabitha's kiss was all the same day. What? And it was wild, like just running around like crazy people. And 
you know, sometimes that's how magic happens though. You got to think on the fly and, mm-hmm. and, and push yourself, you know, to these limits where you didn't think you could push yourself. So we were truly up against it in fine Riverdale fashion, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. So I have a very granular question. How far away are those sets? Were you literally like cut and then sprinting to the next one that was already ready for you? Yeah. Like, a, yeah, that was an especially intense day because not only on top of those three big emotional scenes, yeah. we also did the finale table read. Oh, oh my god! My god. <laughs> now you're asking for the emotional <laughs> ringer That's over insane. lunch. So I was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm in it, and we're all crying, and you know, it's like a huge thing. And it was, and then I was like, "Okay, now we got to go like shoot you guys watching your happy memories." So like, okay, snap out of it, <laughs> back to it, you know. Um, but yeah, they're uh, very close wild. together. They truly are close together. The the outside of the theater is literally right outside of that set. And then the the school gym is right next door. So mm-hmm. we were just kind of running around and go set up this. We'll finish doing that. You know, it's how it goes. Uh, go ahead, oh, babe. I was just going to say, speaking of all these emotions, like what was like, you know, anytime Archie talks about his dad, I'm bawling my eyes out. What was some <laughs> of the... Uh, lines that really got you or some of the moments that you really got choked up? In this episode, the, there's three big moments. The Betty scene when she's looking in the mirror. M- you know, mm. me and Lily had a real moment talking about that scene. And we had also just shot the her and made, her and uh, Alice scene on the bed. And so that was mm. high emotion. So that was oh, a huge wow. one for me. And then Reggie getting help from Archie on the front porch. Anytime, oh, yeah, anytime was. Charles is, I'm like, Oh, I can't handle this. You know, he was so <laughs> in it and it felt like a real goodbye for him and Archie in that scene. And when Cole Jughead typed goodbye Riverdale, that oh, was wow. uh, the whole kind of set went quiet and Cole had tears and I sat beside him and we both kind of had tears together. And I was like, Oh. oh my god it's really coming to an end like it was just one of those gut punch and, and no one kind of talked in pops for like five minutes the whole crew just kind of stopped and sat with it and i was like oh my god and we still have to shoot 18 after this it's weird <laughs> so you did them uh, you did them in reverse kind of right like yeah. you did 19 then 18 that's wild yeah wow. uh, oh, no, i actually wanna... did nineteen seventeen, and then 20 oh my god Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a bit weird. I mean, shout out to all of you and also shout out to the actors for jumping around emotionally like that. That's, yeah, that's rough. Um, I did want to ask you. But it also sounds like it's sort of one emotion that's like just turned up a little bit and down (laughs) each each different (laughs) day. It kind of worked, yeah. 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 Uh, I do want to ask you more about some of those moments, but I do want to ask you a general question first, because obviously this was shot during the writer's strike, so you don't have the writers on set. You do have the words are set in the script. Given that you had directed before, you had directed episodes with presumably the writers on set and available, what were the challenges there? And, And I say this to frame this up. For our listening audience, who is still wondering about the strike and how it's affecting things and how it affects things on set. Yeah, that was tricky. I'm as the script supervisor, I always had a really close relationship with all the writers because I'm working with yeah. them to help maintain that integrity of the words and the continuity. So not having them was it was not only harder professionally, but it was like a bummer. Like these are my friends. And it's not like we're coming back. This was an ending for them too, that they just didn't wow. get to see through. So that was that was That's a really tough. hard part. But also as a director, I kind of look, you look back to them, like, you feeling good? Is this what you had in mind? 
you know, this is working. You didn't have that kind of other voice there, just, you know, giving you a head nod. And also if the actors or myself had a question about a line, there's no one there to change it for us. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't make those changes. So we really had to work with what we had, figure it out, you know, for ourselves and, and just make it work. So it was challenging in that we didn't have them to, you know, talk it out, talk some of the beats out. And what did you have in mind when you wrote this kind of thing? So. Well, let's talk about some of the specific moments. I actually want to start with the end of the episode. You mentioned how it was quiet on set with Cole, but I was so struck by that little intake of breath that he has in the scene. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Was that something that you experimented with? Was that just the first take and it worked? No, that we kind of built up to that. You know, he, we did a version where he was just kind of trying to get through it and it was really emotional. And then we got to this place where I said, I need you. I want you to try a version where you just take it all in and then be okay with it. You know, that you're kind of passing the torch. And when I said that to him, he was like, okay. And that's when he kind of did that nice moment where he looked around the diner. He was very sad, but he was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And he took that deep breath. And I was actually standing there with the DP and I was like, oh my God. That's the one. <laughs> and he did that. And we called cut and Cole kind of had a moment and he started tearing up and I sat beside him and I'm like, we got it. And he was like, yeah, we got it. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. And that was that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you had also mentioned the scene of Betty in the mirror, which is another very emotional one. <laughs> um, what was it like coaching her through that thing particularly? And, and was there any reticence about bringing back the palms and the hands or anything like that? Because that's such a palpable part of the show. Yeah, that was actually, I actually, that was a challenging scene because there's not like, you know, she is just kind of reflecting on the past memories, the past adventures. And she's so good. Like Lily is so good. I'm such a huge fan of Lily's. And I said, I actually just said to her, I said, sometimes I don't know what to say to you because you're so good and you just <laughs> get it. Wow. And and we both just kind of looked at each other and we were both tearing up. And then she was like, roll the camera. And I was like, roll the camera. This is it. You know, we were just having that moment. But it's like, I don't know what it is about Lily. She just gets it and she works and she's always there and she's always ready. And yeah, she just, we kind of came up with the shot on the fly. The camera operator kept going and I was like, oh, shit, this is just beautiful. Like what is happening right now is just beautiful. And it was a real goodbye to that version of Betty and the Alice and Betty relationship kind of wrapped up there on that bed. So it was just, you know, it wasn't, I didn't really say much to her if I'm being honest, just other than you're good. <laughs> Do you feel like that, that has uh, like contributed to the fact that Betty is, is sort of the main character in this final season? Like she really has taken prominence there. Do you, is that, is there a reason for that that you can share with us? Not that I not that I know of like firsthand, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Lily just has this it factor. You know, I've always said that about her from you know since season two, since I've been around. She just kind of brings you can say almost anything to her, like challenge them more. And she comes to this new place and I'm like, damn, like I was like wanting this little tweak and all of a sudden she's in this new space and I'm like, she just has this it factor that's kind of next level, you know. 
I, I mean, to take it one step further, we were talking a lot about the uh, Alice Betty slash Mage and Amic Lily Reinhardt relationship on the last podcast, just because that scene on the bed is so special. You've also got that hilarious yeah. scene of Alice being like, yeah. oh, what what book is this? Oh, so, <laughs> what, what do you think it is about those two actresses in particular that work so well that the show has continued to lean on it over the course of seven seasons? I think because Majin is just like such an old pro, you know, like she has been there, done that. You talk <laughs> to Majin and I've actually talked to Majin as a director. Like when I'm yeah. struggling as a new director, like, you know, hey, can I ask you this? And she's so open to helping anyone. And all of a sudden you have this new young actress in Lily Reinhardt on set and this pro and they're teamed up. And Majin is down to help anybody. So she really has always been there for Lily and pushed her and they kind of just like match each other. And I've in past episodes that I've directed, I've had to say, you know, to Majin or Lily, Hey, do this to help me get this out of them. And they're, they're there for it. You know, they're so into just helping the other person get their performance. And I just think that that, because they both have that mentality of like, let's get the best performance we can on screen that they complement each other so well. Hmm. Uh, Can you talk a little bit more about the jump from script soup to to director? Like, I feel like the the skill set is like you're holding the whole show in your head almost. Yeah. But then as a director, you have to also share it to everyone. You're like the buck stops with you. And that's right. got to be a big and especially like directing just emotion, talent to be emotional. Like that's such a big step. Can you talk about becoming that? Yeah, that was like. That was a, it was a nerve wracking jump to take, especially like for prep. I had never really done prep in that intense way where I'm there for nine days collaborating with all the offset people that I don't know as well. So taking that jump and like, it took a while in 607, I think the first four days I was very quiet. And then we know one, one instance in particular, I don't know if you recall when Archie falls through the ceiling all these people had all these ideas and I was like getting overwhelmed mm. and I was like, I think it's my job to say something <laughs> and kind of <laughs> put an end to this, you know, madness of this idea, that idea. And like, you know, people fighting over what's the best idea. So I went into the production designer's office. I don't even know why I went to his office and I was like, I think that this is the best way to do it. What do you think? And he was like, yeah, it sounds good. And I was like, okay. And then I went to the producer and I was like, I think this is how we got to do it. And that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, this is what I got to do. Like, I need to just right. stop taking a back seat as I normally do as a script supervisor. I'm a, like, I'm just observing. I need to take a step forward and put my intake or my input, sorry. And, and tell these guys, like, this is what I think is best. You tell me if it's unsafe or not practical and I'll work with you, but I think this is the right way. And we ended up doing that way and it worked. And I was like, okay, that ah, was a good director moment. Yeah. <laughs> But it took, you know, it took a minute. It took four or five days for me to realize I need to be the one they're counting on me or else it's just going to be all these people. Well, let's do it this way. No, this way, this way. But there's no one getting an answer. I have to do that now. Hmm. So once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I'm good to go here. Let's, (laughs) let's go. Uh, Well, let's talk about then how you visually executed on a repeated sequence in this episode, which I I felt like was probably particularly challenging, which is you're shooting TVs over and over again. You're shooting people watching TV on TV, which is not inherently the most visually interesting idea. And you're doing it over and over and over again in different iterations. So how did you tackle that? Uh, Because I think it worked from my perspective, but I imagine there were issues there from the directing perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of speaks to we had a plan, but then we had the time problem, as I told you guys before. And it was a little bit of a happy accident. We were going to shoot this big wide of the theater with all the kids and we had some hiccups happen and we didn't have all the cast available to us. And I said, well, let's just shoot the TV. And the DP was mm-hmm. like, let's just shoot it on this wide lens and see what happens. So shoot it on the wide lens. I'm like, well, that kind of looks cool. So then all of us on our plan of these like longer lens, you know, push into pixels kind of went out the door and we were like, let's, let's roll with this long lens idea. And we loved it. And everyone loved it. Everyone's like, this is amazing. So we're like, okay, we're going to switch plans. And we actually completely ditched the pixels altogether after that. Hmm. And we went with this like slow creep of a long lens, kind of letting everyone feel the world. And, and we felt like it worked. So we just carried on with it. Yeah. I mean, That's on cool. the opposite yeah. end of the spectrum, too, you then have the performances of these characters who still in some sense are their 1950s characters, but they also have all of these memories and experiences back for the previous season. So how much yeah. did you work with the cast on that? Again, I imagine it was in different capacities based on like Archie remembers things in a different way from Jughead, from Betty, etc. Yeah, we kind of we kind of just went with like we gave Cole Jughead the most time to digest so by the time he was going through with everyone else we had let him be in this place where you've processed it you've kind of accepted what is going on and then that's how we we kind of just worked backwards you know like we let lily then she had this most intense past dark betty and all this stuff and we were like i know i love dark betty (laughs) yeah And as she was going through her process and it was feeling so emotional, like genuinely emotional, remembering, you know, the past seasons. And then I said to Cammie, you know, like, what do you, what do you think for you? And she's like, I think I'm going to be there for Betty. And I said, that's what I think too. So we kind of worked it that way. Like based on who was going through, what is how the other person was going to react. And it, we always just kind of matched up in some area or lined up in some area. So that's just what we went with, you know, like who had the most intense time? What is everyone feeling now? And what are you feeling like? How do you want to be there for your friend? Mm. And that's just what we went with. And the big emotional crest of the episode, of course, is the scene between Jughead and Tabitha at the end outside the movie theater. It's so gut-dredging and heartbreaking and beautiful. I'd love to hear you just talk through that sequence a little bit in terms of crafting that. Yeah, so that was originally supposed to kind of take place closer to the lobby and I talked to the DP and I talked to the cast and I said I would really love to get it on its feet and move it out so we can see the marquee we can see the theater we can add some scope to it and they agreed you know there was so much to that scene as far as dialogue and like should you be sitting should you be standing and in prep I would make my DP walk it with me and we'd read the lines Uh. like would you stand here would you sit here and we did it many times and we would leave the studio and then come back the next day and try again. And we tried so many different versions. And when we kind of landed on a place that was like in between the sitting, the standing, the table, the no table, the chair, you know, we just kind of presented that to the cast and said, this is what we had in mind. This is what we did when we, you know, read the scene and how we felt let's read it. And that scene took a long time to read through, you know, normally a blocking can take 15, 20 minutes. I think we took almost an hour just to get it right. Wow. I said this, like you guys said, it's a huge scene, big, big, big moment in the episode. We had to get it right. So we let them walk it many times. They tried it sitting, tried it standing, tried it, you know, right outside the door. And when we got to this place that had some movement, had some levels, 
and it felt like it was working, you know, turned them the other way to see the marquee behind them kind of all fell into place, but it just took a lot of extra time. Yeah. And you also have all this exposition that Aaron Westbrook has to drop in there in multiple scenes. Mind you, but uh, that's know. how do you talk an actor through something like that? Would they have to be like, no, the time bubble that we were in still exists, but also this other thing and this other thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, fortunately, she's used to it. She's got that. <laughs> I was going to say, that. that's sort of her thing. Yeah. yeah. She did it in episode, I think, one or two mm-hmm. or something, like early yeah. on in the season. And she had done it previously. And so I said to her, you know, you have a lot to say. You have a lot to get out. But you are their guardian. You, you know, you have to make sure that they're going to be okay. And she, and she, Erin is amazing. As you guys know, she really, really just delivers all the time. And she said, I just need more than one take. And I said, you got it. Because <laughs> oh. we're always running, you know, there's not a lot of time. And I was like, yeah. all right, we'll make sure you have more than one take. And that final kiss from Jughead and Tabitha, I took that as a visual callback to their kiss at the end of episode one. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I called the director and former DP, Ron, and I said, listen, this is how I read it. I feel like they should be similar. Like, what do you think? I don't want you to think I'm ripping you off or anything. And he's like, absolutely not. No, that's what it is. I said, great. That's you know, great. we'll put our own flair on it, but but we wanted to have a a similar vibe. And he said, "Yeah, absolutely." So he was on he was on board with it. Awesome. I, I love the way the scene builds. Like you're talking about the, through the exposition, I feel like uh, Tabitha Aaron is like just sort of putting a little emotion and really creeping it up. I love that she asked yeah. for a couple takes because it that's a, just from an acting perspective is such a hard parceling out of that to find to nail it where the emotion's the biggest when you need it to be. Well, and that's it. And they were actually saying goodbye. Like that was, that was close to the end for her on the show. You know, we got to, we got to show wrap her and she was going to say goodbye to Cole and, and Jughead. And they had a real special relationship on screen and off screen. So, you know, giving them time to process their real emotions, but also then, you know, letting Tabitha have her moment was really important to her and to me. And I knew, I know for Roberto too. So just making sure she had her time and, yeah, she did it. I thought she nailed it. Uh, now we are to jump ahead a little bit. We are on the cusp of the world being able to see the final ever episode of Riverdale, which you were on set for. Um, what was the feeling like on set for you, for everybody else, going into this final episode? It was emotional. Honestly, it was a lot. You know, being having that time with Roberta, like I've known him for so long. But he's, you know, he's the genius guy in L.A. who sends us these scripts and his ideas and they're elaborate, elaborate and sophisticated. And he's here every now and then. But then having him next to me and feeling what he was feeling and what I was feeling, having gone through not only life, but this whole show together was just it was just heavy. You know, it was and it's hard it's really hard to explain but as each day got closer to the end it was just this heaviness and what are we going to do when we can't walk the halls of Riverdale anymore and what are we going to do when we can't you know hang out in El Royale or all of these places that we've been for so long and yeah it was just a lot of a lot of tears a lot of tears every day the amount of tears you're talking about I, i'm worried about everyone's hydration level is it, is it all right is everyone feeling all right it feels like there's a lot of hot salt coming down everyone's faces yeah we're feeling i mean it's been we've had time to process now but at that time yeah it was 
there were some days I was like, are we going to be okay? Like, are we going to get through this? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough. And, uh, and just, just to give a little bit of a tease here, every single person who watches Riverdale, every shipper, everything, they're all going to be very happy at the end of the day. Just come away and be like, sounds good to me, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see it. I love the script, honestly. I think you guys are going to be pleased. Awesome. All right. Oh, boy. It's, uh, and- uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and, <laughs> oh, that was cryptic. That was very yeah, cryptic. Pause. There's a pause. Yeah. There. <laughs> so What's next pause. for you, Tara? I'm excited to hear your review. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. What's next for you, Tara? What are you What are you working on next? Or are you just taking some time and figuring out the next thing? I mean, I'm taking some time right now because of the strike. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm doing some writing of my own. I oh, got cool. some stuff. Yeah, I got some stuff maybe cool. happening with my writing partner. So. You know, we'll see. With the strike happening right now, it's actually just a good excuse to take a breather mm-hmm. and yeah. sit back and relax and, and wait and see what, you know, all comes of this. But, um, yeah, hoping to just continue to direct more and and collaborate and we'll see what happens. Awesome. Tara, congratulations on the episode. It really yes. is fantastic and beautifully done. So good. Congratulations on finishing the run as well to all yeah. of you. Also, thank, thank you, you so much. Like the whole cast and crew killed it for the whole show. And we're uh, so happy to be able to talk to you, but also go on this insane ride uh, with all of you guys. So thank you for all your hard work and everything you guys did. And keeping the drinks in their right hands because, you know, they're picking up with the left hand. and All of a sudden I'm losing interest. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I don't even want to hear about it. Just want me to try something different. No, not today. No. You're not. No. It's the right hand policy. <laughs> no, nice. thank you guys. It's been a pleasure listening to you. We've been listening on set, and it's been really fun. Oh my god, that's oh. so funny to imagine that. That's the first, oh, no. at least I've I heard of just it. Just listen that's back wild. to every episode we did, and uh, <laughs> yeah. said you were oh, no. apologizing for several things. <laughs> I went and re-listened to your review of six oh seven and six sixteen just to make sure all was good there, and I was like, okay, we're good. We thought the same things. We're, we're good. <laughs> right. That's great to hear. Yeah, <laughs> now, I'll be doing that with the rest of my day as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome Tara thank you so much thanks for coming on thanks really so, much, so much congrats no thank you guys nice to meet you and if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm to Facebook and YouTube come back out we would love to chat with you about Riverdale Apple Spotify or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter Riverdale After on Instagram Riverdale After Dark on Facebook comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. We got one more to go, folks. So until next time, we'll see you after dark. The idea that they're listening to us on set is both highly flattering and extremely stressful. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.